Hi, I'm Lynn Wolf, and welcome to this edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series. Today, Bob Clements of Bob Clements International is helping dealers dig into and get more from their business management software. An expensive investment, but well worth it, he says. But it's up to you to make that investment pay off just understanding that your software, as I tell dealers, it can either be the most useless expense that you've ever made in your dealership or the greatest investment. And it has nothing to do with the software at all. It really has to do with what you're doing with the software. Let's listen in as Bob starts off with numbers that a manager or an owner should be analyzing on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. And thank you to Yanmar for bringing us this podcast. As I've been doing the training over the last few months on the boot camps, one of the things that we've been really focused on with dealers, uh, management, delegating and things like this. But we've been talking about processes, whether it's service parts or sales. And and I always go back again and, and talk as I'm working with dealers and talking to him. I said, you know, ultimately, everything in a dealership is about a number. And. And as we talk about business management software, it really all goes back down and boils it, boils it kind of into that point of how are we keeping track of our number and our data and things like this. And then what data do we need to be looking at? The first piece I want to talk about is just, again, it's just understanding uh, that, uh, that your software, uh, as I tell dealers, it can either be the most useless expense that you've ever made in your dealership or the greatest investment and it has nothing to do with the software at all. It really has to do with what you're doing with the software. So I see dealers out there and they invest, you know, all this money in this software and they're paying all these monthly uh, payments these uh, that the software companies make you pay so they can keep up with the advances that they're trying to make in the software and things like this. And then the people get frustrated at the software because the software won't do what they need to do, yet they really don't know how to use the software. And so I tell all my dealers, again, it's, it's, it's an expensive investment. Uh, you know, if you're using something other than QuickBooks Pro, when you're going to get into real dealer management software, business management software, it's not cheap, uh, but it does so much for your dealership. And honestly, I tell dealers, if you're not re- really utilizing dealership management software, business management software, whatever you want to call it, uh, you're really missing the boat on what you're doing because if your software if you use it correctly, will make you money. There's nothing that'll make you as much money in your dealership, whether it's in service parts or sales, with you really utilizing uh, the software and the different modules that you have available for using the software. So I always tell my dealers, you know, you can whine and complain all you want about the price of it, but the fact of it is, if you're actually using it and you're really using everything that all these software companies build into it, and they're all and they're all a little different. Uh, I tell people there's not one that has everything. There are some times where you have to uh, grit your teeth a little bit because it doesn't do quite what you want it to do, but it's just the reality of software. And I tell people again, but it'll all do what you need from a basic standpoint. And what you really got to do is you got to say, okay, I'm going to commit myself. If I've invested in this software, I'm going to commit, I'm going to commit myself and my company to learn how to use it and really learn how to maximize it. So all that money I'm spending every month for, uh, for maintenance and things like this really starts to pay off for you. So again, if you, if you feel like you've got software and you spend a lot of money and it's just not, it's a useless expense, I would, I would challenge you a little bit as an owner or manager and say, it's probably not the software's problem. It's probably the fact that you, you haven't taken the time to really learn it, gone through the training, all the things like that, that your, main, that your software uh, developers have for you. So I, I see it as an incredible investment. I think it's one of the best investments you'll probably make in your dealership. We've got several companies we recommend, and I tell people, and it's not 
there's a lot of different companies out there. Uh, we've got some that we like uh, just because they utilize all of our reporting and the things that we want to do. So we're a little bit selfish on that. But I would say again, but it all will do great things for you. So my first thing is, is if you're going to buy software, if you've got software and you're making uh, monthly uh, maintenance payments on it, darn it, learn how to use it and learn how to really maximize what it's going to do. The thing we have to understand, again, is all software does is it manages numbers and data. And as I tell people when I'm working in dealerships, everything in a dealership is a number. So if you want to know if you're sh how your shop's doing, then there are certain numbers that we want to be measuring all the time. If we want to know how our parts department is doing, then again, there's a different set of numbers and metrics that we're looking at in that. If we want to know how our sales department's doing, then there are a different set of metrics that we do for that. And even in rentals, we're looking at different numbers. And then without the software, I mean, if you, without the, the ability to have these different modules in your software that will help you look at each one of those departments uniquely and separately, then you really don't know what's going on in your dealership. And so, numbers or everything that happened in a dealership, they're all based around numbers of some type. We measure things differently in the shop than we do in the parts department and we measure things differently in parts than we do in sales or rental. But ultimately your software takes all this data that you're putting into it and it starts to create this story for you. So I know a lot of guys that are older managers go, well, I just kind of know, Bob, I got a gut feeling. Well, maybe you've got a gut feeling, but your, your younger managers don't have a gut feeling. And, and I'm kind of uh, anti-gut feeling. Let's go with good, hard data and numbers. That's what we can use it for. So keep that in mind. You know, when you're looking at your dealership, you're trying to look at the story of what's happening all across of it. And the story is a creation of all these numbers that we're putting together. And the numbers are going into the software. And then that software has the capability, the, the, the ability for us to really take a look at this complete story of what's going on. So rather than waiting until it's too late because of my software, I have the ability to go in and look at numbers specifically and break them out into more detail and really see how can I tweak, adjust, and adapt to, to what's going on in the marketplace with it. So understand that everything's about numbers and, and your software basically is this portal uh, that you're going to put all of this data into every day, all day long, hour by hour, and at the end of a day, week, or month, or a quarter, or a year, it's going to tell you a story. And, and that story, again, uh, is basically, how's my dealership doing? Am I profitable? And Can I add another location? Should I not add another location? Should I add another line? Should I get rid of a line? Uh, should I move my labor rate up? Should I move my parts pricing up? Is my transaction time and parts, ta parts taking too long? That's all that data. That's all that story there. So understand that it's all about the data, and your software basically is the input point for that, then you're going to print out reports, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. And those reports then are going to tell the story. And then once you know the story, uh, you know where you want to go with the story. The software will tell you where you're at in your storyline. And then from that standpoint, as a consultant, I can say, okay, this is where you want to be. This is where your software says you're at. We just need to make these adjustments because your, your software shows me uh, where to make those adjustments at. And then we can get you to that point that you want to be in there. So understand that it's about numbers, um, you know, and, and, and and your software is the, is the portal where all that information flows in. The other thing I tell my dealers, again, there's an old thing. It's called GIGO, garbage in, garbage out. And, and uh, one of the common themes I have is people say, well, I have numbers, but I don't think they're good numbers. And I say, well, a, a bad number is no better than no number because if it's bad information, you can do. So, again, I would challenge you if you've got software to make sure that you're putting in good information uh, that you can actually use. We were talking yesterday in the, uh, in the uh, management boot camp, and we were talking uh, specifically about service processes. And, and one of the things that you do in your first part of your service process, obviously you have to check equipment in. So you're going to go to your software and your software is going to 
start the process of creating a work order. And, uh, and, I, and so they all said, okay, well, work order, that's kind of standard. Or whether it's work order, repair order, it's the exact same thing. I said, but then what's the information that we need? And they go, oh, well, we need the customer information. And I said, that's true. But I said, what customer information? Today in today's world, I don't care about it. I don't care about a physical street address that much anymore. Uh, I guess it's nice to have. I don't care about your home phone number. I said, what do we really want in our software on that work order? What's the information that we need there? That without it, I can't do my job in the shop. And everybody came to the agreement that we need a cell phone number so we can do texting and we need an email address. So I tell people again, so if you're getting part of the information, but you're not getting all the information, then you don't have good information. If I don't have good information, I can't really harness that software so it'll do what I need it to do. Because a lot of the software today, if I've got a cell phone number, if I've got an email address, anytime that there's a change on a work order or there's a part that comes in that goes on a work order, it will literally text your customer or email your customer a new change in that work order. So your software then, if your software is capable of doing this, and a lot of it can do it today, your software becomes a communication portal for your customers because there's nothing a customer loves more than knowing what's going on with their equipment while it's in their shop. Yet if we're not getting the right information or we're putting in bad information, or as I had one guy said, well, he said, it's really hard for me to get my technicians or my, my service people to get the person's cell phone number. And I said, well, all you got to do is ask and you tell them, well, I need the cell phone number because this is how we're going to communicate with you. Makes it quick and easy for you. And I said, if they don't do it, then we got to find somebody and hire somebody that will do it because I need that information. I need that cell phone. I need that email address because in today's world in service, right, I've got to be able to communicate to a customer quickly as, as we're doing it. And that's the beautiful thing about the software. If you've got email addresses in your software and you're keeping track of that information, that's a part of it. I can then do email blasts to my customers on sales specials or service specials or things like this. So I go back again, your software can do so much that a lot of you are not even aware it can do today. Or maybe you don't think it's that important, but I'm just telling you, your software is this powerful tool, but it's only as good as the information that you put into it. If I'm putting great information into it, if I'm putting the right information into it, your business management software will do so much for you relative to just simply communicating with customers from that perspective. So I'm going to challenge you on that. And especially when somebody says, well, I can't get my people to do it, Bob. I said, well, okay, well, then you either have to change the people so they do do it, or you have to change the people and find somebody that will do it. I need my software. It's, it's one of the most valuable assets I have in my entire business. And so I would challenge you again, if you're not putting in good information, you can't get your people to put in the good information, then we need to have a serious talk about that. And you need to get, get them on track to do it. Just help them understand that today it's all about communicating clearly and efficiently with the customer. And so much of your software will just do it for you automatically as you go through and do it. So I'm going to start off with what owners and general managers should be doing. So if you're an owner or general manager, right, Every day, your business office, I don't necessarily expect you to do it, but if you've got a bookkeeper or an accountant, every day, I would expect him, if I'm an owner at GM, I would expect to have on my desk a report from my business management software that would give me sales by department. So I want to know how many dollars of labor did we sell yesterday? How many dollars of parts did we sell yesterday? I want to know how many dollars of, of whole goods sales or how many dollars of rental that we did yesterday. So I want... On my desk in the morning when I come in, either through a dashboard on my computer, okay, because some of your software will let you do a dashboard that will do these reports automatically in real time for you. So either through a dashboard or I want to report on my desk, if you're the business manager or the office manager, on my desk as an owner of GM, I want a report that gives me sales by department. I want to know how many 
customers that we interacted with. So how many transactions took place? How many work orders did we open or close? I want to know how many, how many part sales we did. And I want to know how many, how many uh, customers that we talked to or we interacted with yesterday in the sales department. And then I want to know what was the average sale by department? Okay, so I want to know this information. This is critical. It tells me how did we do yesterday? So that's the first thing if you're an owner or manager, you should be looking at daily. What happened yesterday? What were my sales by department? How many customers did we interact with? I can tell that in service by looking at how many work orders did we open and how many work orders did we close? Okay, I can look at the parts counter and look at how many parts sales did we have take place? How many orders, how many special orders or emergency orders did we interact with from that standpoint? How many lost sales did we have? And then I want to know by department, I want to know what was our average sale. So I take my customer count for the that department and I would simply divide that into it and again your software will do this for you so what's my average sell by department so that's a daily report I'm going to expect as an owner or manager on a weekly basis I'm going to go back to my software and I'm going to need it to produce some weekly information for me so what I want a composite of the daily reports okay so if I'm looking at that from a standpoint I want a composite of all the daily reports plus I want labor costs as a percent of sales so I want to know how much money did we spend on our employees relative to how many dollars of sales did we make? So what was my labor cost, my employee expense relative to my sales for the week? So that means, you know, how did I do? Did I, did I, with all of my salaries and all of my poor expenses and my sales, what's that ratio between those two numbers there? I want to see that stable or going down. I don't want to see that, that number going up. If it's going up, we're having less sales, our costs are staying the same, and I'm in a negative situation in my dealership. I want to see that on a weekly basis. I don't want to wait till the end of the quarter, the end of the month. I want to know every week at the end of the week, how are we doing here? Labor sales relative to a percent of sales and again your software will give it to you so we're looking at the composite of dailies sales by department customer count every sales by department as well as my report on labor cost as a percent of sales and again your software will do this for you and if you don't know how to do it this is where you would reach out to your software provider that vendor and say this is a report I need how do I get it out of there the information's in your software if you're putting it in you may not know how to get to it that's why you're paying that monthly service fee call them up have them log on to your system. In most cases, most of them can just log on and literally configure this report for you. And I would say again, most of the software out there today has a dashboard feature. So you can actually see this graphically. So you don't have to have your business manager or your accountant do it. My goal would be just to have this set up as a dashboard and have it running. So you can literally click on this on a daily, weekly basis and see the numbers right in front of your eyes. And then on a monthly basis, I want a composite of weekly reports. So everything that we've been looking at weekly as a composite, then I want a total cost of goods. I want my total operating cost, my gross profit, my operating profit, and an overview of sales of my top 10 customers. So we also want to be looking at as a whole on a monthly basis, I want a composite of all the weekly. So now I got four weeks of those all brought together. I want a total cost of goods sold for service parts and sales. I want total operating costs, gross profit, operating profit. And the thing that I want also is an overview of sales of my top 10 customers. And I had a person yesterday say, why do you care about that? I said, well, you've got this group of customers. We call them A customers, right? And, and these are people here that are normally interacting with you on at least a monthly basis. And if I've got these 10 customers out here that are really my big time heavy hitting customers, I as an owner or manager want to see 
How are they doing with us? And if I have one or two that didn't interact with me this last month, and they normally interact with me every month, I'm going to take it upon myself as an owner or manager to reach out to that customer and say, hey, we didn't see you in last month. We didn't see anything happen. How is everything going? Is there anything that we're doing wrong or are we doing everything right for you? This, your software will let you see this. I don't have to wait and go, gosh, I haven't seen Bob Clements come in for about uh, six months. Uh, it's kind of kind of late at that point to do anything about it. If you're looking at your sales by customer and you take your top 10 customers and have in a report, I want to see what's going on with those. I want to see what where they are relative to year to date from where they were last year. And I want to make sure that they're at least consistently staying where they were last year or if all, in all probability, I want to see that business growing there. But your software, again, can do that for you. So that's that monthly report I want it from, from that standpoint. And again, if you're looking at these things daily, weekly, and monthly, you have got your arms around your business. You know what's going on with it. In the first part of this podcast, which is sponsored by Yanmar, Bob Clements addressed critical metrics you should be analyzing, including sales to your top 10 customers. Next up, Bob looks at using your business management system to monitor efficiencies in the service department, looking at such metrics as total labor sales, recovery rate, and average tech efficiency. He also breaks down what to look for with parts data, such as total parts sales, average transaction value, average transaction time, and back orders. In the service department, so that's what I want you to be looking at from a general management standpoint. As a service manager, I would expect your service manager now, so you're looking at these reports maybe as an owner or manager, general manager, then I'm gonna break it down into management by department. So if I'm a service manager, every day, I should be running a report that gives me my total labor sales, so how many dollars of labor did we sell yesterday? Okay, how, how much was that, all right? And then I wanna report every day of what my recovery rate, rate was for the day. How many hours did I have technicians here that I was paying them to be here? And how much did they bill out during that time that they were here? So that's your recovery rate. So your recovery rate is a measurement of how many hours do you pay technicians to be there and then how many hours did they actually bill out during the time that they were there? Your targeted goal is to be recovering at 100%. Okay, but I need to know that because this is a measurement of how well I'm doing as a service manager. If I've got, you know, three technicians there and I'm paying them eight hours a day, I've got 24 hours a day to sell. And if, only, and if I'm only selling 20 of that, 20 hours of that time, I'm not recovering at 100% and I need to figure out what happened yesterday that I missed billing out four hours of somebody's time. That I've got four hours that somebody wasn't actually turning a wrench on. Something's going wrong with my process. Something happened yesterday that I have to stop. And you go, oh, gosh, Bob, it's three technicians. It's only four hours a day. Well, let's say that you're at, I don't know, $80 an hour for a labor, labor rate. Four hours times 80 is 320. Let's just make it 300 and round it down. So that's $300 a day. If you do that five days a week, that's $1,500 a week. You do that four weeks out of the month. Now we're at $6,000. Let's say you can keep your shop busy for 10 months out of the year, that's $60,000 that you as a service manager just blew off. $60,000, by the way, that's not gross profit, that's net profit. So I tell people again, your job as a service manager is to sell labor. I, if I'm an owner and I've got you, if I got three techs back there, if I got two techs, if I got 10 techs, it doesn't matter how many you've got. Your job every day as a service manager is to sell all of that time. You're measured, your success or lack of success is measured by this thing that we call a recovery rate. 
And if I'm an owner and I see this, because I'm going to be meeting on a weekly basis with my managers, and if, if I see our recovery rate's only at 80%, right, and you're telling me that you need more technicians, but we've got four and we're only recovering 80% of the time, last thing I'm going to give you is another technician. I'm going to make you fix your shop so that we're building out 100% of that time. So that's a conversation if I were an owner or manager, uh, GM, I'd be having with a service manager. On the same token, you can recover more than 100% if you're flat rated. And hopefully in your shop, you are doing uh, at least 65 to 70% of your work is flat rated work. So you can be over 100%, right? And if you're doing that, you and I are going to be best buds if you're a service manager and you're going to get bonuses and raises and stuff like that. So that's your daily numbers for your shop. On a weekly basis, if you're a service manager, we want a composite of the dailies, okay? All right, then we want the average tech efficiency weekly. So I want to know not by technician, but just as a group. So recovery rate is a measurement of how many hours of technicians time are we paying for versus how much are we billing out. Tech efficiency is when a technician's on a work order, how much time is that technician turning a wrench versus how much billable time are they getting out? Because you could have a technician that's 100% efficient and they're on a job for four hours and they got it done in four hours, but the service manager didn't have the job, the shop set. So there was two hours that they didn't get to turn a wrench on. So the efficiency of the technician could be at 100%. Yet I could have less than 100% on recovery rate. I want to know what the average completion time is. So what, how long does it take us to move a work order from open to closed? That's going to let us do scheduling in our shop and it'll let us know how far we are behind. Aging of open work orders, nothing that drives me crazier than not to be pulling up on a weekly basis our open work order report and saying, gosh, I've got a work order that's been open here for 30 days. Why is that? Okay. I want to know what my open work orders are. How old are they? What's the oldest one there? And I want to know how many dollars of unfiled warranty claims do we have? So that's a weekly thing I'm looking at as a service manager. And by the way, service managers and parts managers and sales managers, if I'm your owner or GM, we're going to be meeting once a week. And I'm going to expect you to bring these numbers into that meeting and tell me what they're at and help me justify why they're where they are. If they're great, you're a hero to me. And if, and if they're not, then help me understand what you're going to do to improve those or what I need to do to help you improve those numbers. Then on a monthly basis, again, we're going to do a composite of the weeklies. And then the last thing I want here is efficiency and recovery by technician. Okay, so I want to now look on a monthly basis at each one of my technicians. And I want to say, okay, Bob's the technician here. So what's Bob's tech efficiency? Okay, Bob is 120% efficient because 80% of the time Bob is doing flat rate work, right? But we're only recovering 90% of Bob's time. Okay, so keep in mind your recovery rate can be different than your tech efficiency. Okay, because we're measuring two totally different things. So if I got a technician that's 120% efficient, yet there's one hour a day that I'm not keeping that technician busy or I'm not getting that time out of him, I'm losing a ton of labor sales opportunities there. And I want to see that. I may have a, a technician who is only running at 75% efficient, right? And they're an older technician. They've been around for a while and, and I'm losing money at 75% on a technician. So I want to know that. What are we doing to improve that technician? Is there training we need to send that technician to? What can we do to help that technician be more efficient? So on a monthly basis as an owner or manager, I want to see these numbers out of the shop too, but these are the numbers that you're going to be looking for in service. And everything here is happening because of your software and that service module. If you're having your technicians clock in and clock out and actually clock in and start when they come in the morning in the shops we consult with, you, you clock on a work order when you walk in the door and you're never not on a work order on a job code. We are keeping track of a technician's time Every tenth of an hour, every six minutes, I want to know what's going on with that technician. If 
I've got a labor rate of $90 an hour, six minutes is a tenth of an hour. That's $9 of time that I'm either gaining or losing off of that technician. So I'm kind of nuts on the shop. And I see, I see a lot of guys in here, they don't have that or they have a lot of what we would call non-build time. Uh, there, sh there should be very little non-build time for technicians. That's why we have service coordinators and service writers to do some of those things. So that, that's the information you want there. And again, if you're using your service module on your, your software and you're actually having everybody keeping clocking in, clocking out, using job codes when they're doing something else uh, so I can keep track of that time there, uh, all that information I just asked you for should be available in your software. And if your software can't do this, then you need to beat on them until they do it because the information is there and you're paying them a monthly maintenance fee to have them help you get this information out of their software. I don't know that any software out there can't do it. I know some of the software, they don't make it easy to configure these reports, but the data is in there. They're responsible. If, they're, if you're paying them monthly fees, they're responsible for helping you get the reports and data out you want. The next one we want to look at then is parts managers. Okay, so it goes back again, the daily things that we're looking at from parts managers, we, we want to monitor these basic metrics. I, I want my total parts sales across the counter, and I want to see what my total parts sales for the service department was. So your software, you should be breaking out not just parts sales. Now, I do not bonus my technicians on parts sales, but I want to know of all my total sales, Sales for today or yesterday, what percent went across the counter? Some of you guys may be doing online sales, so you'd break that out also. So what percent went across the counter? Maybe if you're doing online sales, what percent went to online? And then what percent of my total part sales went to service? I want to know what that number is. Okay, so I, I want to see where we're at. Uh, you know, if we're doing, if our service department is growing and we're doing more service, I should see more of my part sales, going a higher percentage of my part sales go to my service department. Most of the shops that we deal with, 30 to 35% of all the parts that are sold in the dealership are going directly to the shop. All right, and in our parts departments, we add an extra 5% on everything we sell at the top to the shop up to $100, uh, which helps us offset the cost of a uh, parts support person. But, but anyway, so I want to see what those numbers are. I want to look at how many transactions did we do yesterday. So how many people actually came to the parts counter? How many uh, online orders did we ship out? And how many times did we have a parts person that's going and taking parts back to the shop? What's our total transaction? And then most importantly, I want to know whether average transaction value is. So if I looked at all of my parts sold and I divided that by my total transactions, it's going to tell me on the average, uh, what's my transaction value? And I had a person say, well, what do we care every day? And I says, well, because if you're a parts manager, your number one objective is to sell more parts. I would think so anyway. That's why you're a parts manager. And so to sell more parts, I've got to have my people doing either cross-selling or upselling or a combination of both. Or I've got to be helping my service department produce more labor. And so I tell people again, so by doing an average transaction value on a daily basis, let's say if I have an ad average transaction value of $40 and my goal is to grow my parts department by 10% in 2019, and I know my average transaction value is $40, if I'm looking on a daily basis as a parts manager, I should see that average transaction value moving up. My ultimate goal would be to have it at the end of 2019 averaging $44 instead of 40. If that average transaction value is not moving up on a daily basis at some level, I know my parts people aren't doing cross-selling and upselling. So I can look at that measurement just by itself and I can tell you if my parts people are doing anything to actually add sales to the average 
uh, customer that comes in, whether it's through the shop or through the uh, on, online or again, uh, across the counter. So again, so I'm looking at it because it tells me I don't have to watch my people. I don't have to say, hey, are you doing cross-selling and selling? Every day I just run my daily report for my parts department and if that average transaction value is not scooting up from where it was last year, uh, you guys are you're saying, yeah, Bob, yeah, Bob, we're cross-selling, we're upselling every chance we get. You're lying to me because if you, if it was, I would see that average transaction value moving up. So that's what I want to look for from that standpoint. On a weekly basis, again, in our shop, we want to look at a composite of our dailies. Okay, so we're going to go back. I'm going to say take all those dailies. We're going to build them together in a weekly report. I want to look at my uh, total back orders. Okay, so where are we at with back orders? Uh, you have some manufacturers right now that are struggling getting parts to dealers, and I want to be on top of that. You know, where, where are our back orders at? And do we have specific things that we have back orders on? So what are my total back orders? If I've got a manufacturer that's telling me that they've got a fill rate out of stocking inventory as a manufacturer of 96%, but all of a sudden I got 8% uh, of my stuff that I'm ordering from him or I'm back ordered, they're lying to me. Something's wrong with the manufacturer. I'm not getting good information back from a manufacturer. And I have a couple of manufacturers that are struggling right now filling orders out, and there's some pretty good size manufacturers. And, and, and they keep saying, no, 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 we're doing a good job here. But I just keep seeing my back order percentage is going up, right? You're not doing a good job. So, so this helps me understand what's going on maybe with the manufacturer. I want to know about lost sales. So how many sales did we have people that come in and ask us for an item that we didn't have and they didn't have it order us for? So I want to know what are our total lost sales? And then what were our total emergency orders? How many orders did we come in that, that needed uh, something happen? And you might have that, that down both as emergency and special orders. Because it also lets me start seeing, am I, am I stocking the right kinds of things in my parts department? Uh, one of the things that we've got to be looking for, again, is we've got to be keeping track of lost sales. I know every one of your software will do this for you. So there's not a software out there that won't keep track of lost sales. I have parts people that say, well, I don't know why we want to keep track of that. I said, well, because lost sales tell us that we had a demand and you have a phase in and phase out strategy in your shop of at some point, you're going to phase a part in as a stocking part when we reach a certain number of demands in a given period of time. Let's say that if I have three demands over a period of six months, you as a parts manager, that may be your phase in strategy. And so if I'm not keeping track of lost sales, I've got people that are asking me for a part I don't have, but we're not keeping track of it. And so I've got a demand Maybe I've had four demands on that part in the last month. Nobody's keeping track of lost sales. I should be stocking that part, but I'm not stocking it because I don't know. We don't think keeping track of lost sales is important in our parts department. Uh, you can't be running a good parts department if you're not keeping track of lost sales. There's information, there's data that you need to be looking at that you're not getting. Uh, and, and so again, I would challenge you and all your software will keep track of this for you. And on a weekly basis, you can want, run a weekly report of lost sales and it lets you know as a manager how you can make a decision to do it. The same thing with emergency orders and special orders. Uh, you know, if we all of a sudden have something that's happening out there, I want to keep track of what those are from that standpoint too. So daily, composite of dailies, and I, on a weekly basis, I'm going to look at total back orders, total lost sales, and total emergency or special orders, all right? The other thing on the, on the total emergency or special orders, also just as a, as a side thought, it also lets you do an evaluation of during the week, what was your fill rate out of stock? inventory. Another thing your software can do for you in the parts department is run a fill rate out of stocking inventory report. Okay, and just like a manufacturer is trying to have a, a high fill rate out of stocking inventory and they're trying to be in that 94, probably the 96 range, you today, because of the internet, have to do a better job of filling parts out of your inventory. I don't want to wait two days for a part. I don't want to wait one day for a part. I was just talking with a person yesterday and we were talking about Amazon and Amazon is working to be a, have a four hour delivery time 
on on their products and 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 they said, well, that's terrible. And I said, no, it's not terrible. Amazon's figured out that two days is not fast enough. One day is not fast enough. They want people want it and they want it now. And because of that shift where I'm not as interested in, 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 in saving money, I'm more interested in saving time, you're going to see a movement back to brick and mortar stores, your dealerships. They want you to have those parts on stock. So your fill rate out of stocking inventory tells you when a customer walks up to the counter or the parts department needs something or if you're doing internet sales what percent of the time am I actually able to deliver that part right then you need today if you're going to compete against the internet and the marketplace out there you need to have a fill rate out of stocking inventory in the high 80s low 90s to be competitive in the marketplace which means you got to change your stocking strategy a little bit and I'm not going to go into that in this workshop but I'm just telling you, uh, you you've got to be looking at that and by having that that those reports and you can pull up a fill rate out of stock and inventory report in your business management software for parts. Uh, you need to be seeing that in that high 80s to low 90s. If you're not, you're going to start and continue to lose parts business, whether it's to the, to the internet or another dealer, you're going to be losing them. On a monthly basis, then we want to look at a compositive weeklies. So we take all of our weekly reports to look at. I want to look at an average sale by parts person. So I want to see on the average by parts person, because each one of them are clocking in or logging in as they go through and do it. I want to see how we're doing there. Do I have one parts person that's selling more parts and another parts person? Do I have one guy that's laying down on me and another guy that's working or another gal that's working their butt off? I want to be able to see that on a monthly basis. I got one person that's selling 40% more parts than another person uh, and, the, and the other person is really slow at what they're doing. Maybe I need to rethink my strategy at a parts counter and find me a different parts person. So again, so that gives me some sense of that. What's my average gross profit margin for the month? All right, and again, you should have a, you have a, should have a strategy in place as a parts manager to be growing that average gross profit margin up. Everybody gets the same well Baba I've squeezed it as much as I can you can always squeeze your margin a little tighter you just have to be tuned into what are parts that are price sensitive versus parts that are not so again so where's your average gross profit margin at you need to have a number on that then I want to see what's the average transaction time on the average when we start working with a customer we click on we pull up their account right and by the time I close that account back out at the parts counter with that customer on the average, how long is it taking you to take a person from, I started talking to you and I pulled up your account, because the clock starts on that software, it starts tracking that, and then when I finally checked you out or closed you out, how much time was that? And I want to see on the average, what's our transaction time? How long is it taking you as a parts person to move a person from the parts counter to back out the door, right? And, and your goal again as a parts manager is to be constantly, constantly working to make that less time. And then you make it less by again, by having your parts people do a little less chat and be a little bit more moving along with people. I see too many parts people that just want to chat with people. Well, when there's nothing going on and it's slow, that's not a bad idea. But but you can cut your conversation a little shorter without offending a customer. And so maybe you need to train your people on how to move people through the process a little faster by asking different kinds of questions, but it's a training thing at that particular point. But I want to see that average transaction time constantly being moved down. If I have a quicker transaction time, I need less parts people. I need less parts people, everybody can make more money. So it's a measurement you're doing and your software will do it for you. You just run that report, transaction time, you know, by sale, you'll sit there and give you an average number. What's the average time it's taken Bob, who's the parts guy, uh, to, to take care of a customer compared to maybe Jim, who's a parts guy. And if Jim is 30% uh, faster than Bob, there's a, and it's over a period of, of a month, uh, it's probably not because of the types of customers we're getting. We're doing an average on it, and Bob's just slow. Well, then we need to say, okay, well, how do we speed Bob up? What can we do to help make Bob be faster? Maybe we need to move the parts closer to him. Maybe we need to do some training with things like that. But that software 
your software will give you that information to do it. And so again, so it's not a, not a matter of fact that maybe Jim's getting easier, simpler customers. If I do a 12 or if I do a 30 day average, it all balances back out. And I will tell you that you're going to find when you run that report, you've got some of your parts people that are faster than other other parts people. So just the same thing in the shop when we run our efficiency reports back there. So again, as a manager, I'm going to ask you to get together with me if I'm a GM or an owner on, on a weekly basis and on a monthly basis, I'm going to come back and have you uh, defend where you're at with these different, uh, these different reports you're doing. So again, all the information's in your software. All you have to do is pull it out. And as I said before, you're paying a monthly maintenance fee for all your software out there. If you don't know how to pull these reports out, you give with your business software provider and say, I need this information. It's in your system, right? And if they can't get it to you, then you probably have the wrong business management software. I'm just telling you, this is all basic stuff that every business management software should be able to pull together for you. I'm not asking for anything special, anything uh, crazy or out of the box here. This is good, basic, fundamental reporting that any business management software or dealer, dealer management software should be able to pull up quickly for you in a report. Then we're going to go to sales. So again, so we got sales. Now this is one of the areas that I'm finding that a lot of the business dealer management software has done a, uh, a, let's say a less than stellar job on creating tracking for sales. Several of them today are building in a CRM, a customer relation management module to it. I have no idea why they haven't done it sooner because what we, I want to know more than just my whole goods sales. What did I do? I want to know interactions that are happening out there. And I know a lot of you, again, there's several of the companies out there right now uh, that are, that I've got one specifically an ag that's got a beautiful CRM built into it. That's a part of, part of it. Uh, and it does everything you need it to do. Some of you guys are using Salesforce or you're using a, a, an extension outside of your business management software. But if I've got business management uh, software people on this webinar, I'm going to challenge you just like I need a parts module, I need a service module, uh, a rental module, I've got to have a module that tr tracks transactions and interactions and follow-up information in sales. So this is one area that most of the software is a little weaker in. I'm going to challenge you guys to kind of push on your on your software providers and get it because I need to know more than just what we sold. I really need to know about an interactions and, and things like that. So on a daily basis, I want to see how many interactions do we have? How many phone calls came in? I want to know how many people walked through the door that we talked to in sales. How many interactions took place inside of the dealership? I need to know that information. And some people say, well, how do you do it in your software? Most of my dealers have a door counter. So they literally track door counts that come through, but you can do it lots of different ways. And then people say, well, if you track door counts, you got part sales, you got service sales, you should track those transactions out. And it gives you how many interactions your sales department had in that day. Your software, your guys should be able to log in and log out of software. So they're putting information in, they're putting bids or proposals in, your shop software should be keeping track of this for you. I wanna know what the total sales were for the day, how many transactions did that represent? So how many people did we actually sell things to? And then I wanna know what our average transaction value again is. And so if we're saying, okay, I'm telling most of my dealers, I, I see probably a 15 to 20% growth in whole goods sales in 2019, assuming we don't have something really stupid happen with China. Uh, I think we're going to have a really good, strong year again. And so if our average transaction value for 2018 was, I don't know, let's just say $5,000 uh, for whole goods, 
uh, if if I need it to go to 20%, then I need to see over the next 12 months in 2019, I need to see my average transaction value starting to edge toward that $6,000 range, okay? So again, it's the same thing like in parts. I want to see that happening. If it's not happening, then my sales guys or my sales gals, my sales people aren't doing what I need them to do. They're not upselling, right? They're not adding on accessories and things like that as a part of what they're doing there. So just like in parts, I need to see that information. Then on a weekly basis, again, I want a composite of the dailies. Then I want an overview of trade-ins, especially if you're in ag. I want to see that um, because I don't have to tell you big ag guys if you're on here uh, how crazy and how upside down you can get in trade-ins, especially with the market the way it was. And I want, to, I want to see what the overview of trade-ins is and what our trade-in cost was to the dealership because it's critical that we start keeping track of that a little tighter. And again, I'm going to have my sales manager bring that in as we meet with my parts manager, my service manager, if you happen to have rental. Uh, as a part of it, that's going to be something that we're going to have a conversation or discussion on um, as we do our weekly meeting. All right. Then the last on the monthly one, then we're going to look at a composite of the weeklies. I want my average interaction by salesperson. So if Bob, if I'm a salesperson for you, I want to know how many accounts, how many people did Bob interact with, do proposals to, bids to, uh, close sales on, sent them information. I want to know how many touches did Bob, the sales guy, have this last week. So I'm keeping track of what's going on with my parts people. I'm keeping track of what's going on with my sales people. Your software should be able to keep track of what's going on with your, with, I'm sorry, your service people. Your parts, your software should be able to keep track of what's going on with your sales people. I want to know what my average sale by salesperson is. Okay, one of the things that I find fascinating is the salespeople that bitch and complain that uh, everybody just buys because of price and all this. They typically are my lower performing salespeople. My best salespeople typically have the better sales and the better margins. So I want to see that. And I want to see where each salesperson is at relative to that. If I got a salesperson that's struggling in sales, as, as some of them do, then, then I need to get them sales training. I need to teach them, get, take them someplace and have them come someplace and learn how to sell and not not learn more about your product. Uh, when I was talking yesterday in our boot camp, I said, you know, most of your salespeople know plenty about the product. They just don't know how to sell, right? Uh, they don't know. They don't know the important thing about getting people to say yes to them. They just hope and cross their fingers to the sales god that somehow a customer will say yes, I'll buy this. Uh, most of your salespeople need just some good old sales training. I need to know average gross profit margin by category. So again, if I've got multiple lines that I'm carrying and multiple lines that actually compete against each other, I want to see what's my average gross profit margin by category, whether it's tractors, outdoor power, power sports, marine, uh, RVs, that make a difference what it is. We'll rejoin the discussion, but I did want to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for making this program possible. Yanmar continuously strives to exceed customer expectations and deliver exceptional lifetime value. Visit them at yanmartractor.com backslash new dealer inquiry. Bob has covered a lot of ground regarding making the most of your business management system, as well as emphasizing the importance of routinely running reports so you're on top of adjustments that need to be made. Finally, he will wrap it all together, looking at the marketing department and your customer acquisition costs. Total marketing costs. So this is the other thing that I want your software to do. So I want to know how many dollars did we spend on marketing during the month of, let's use December as an example. So what was my, my total marketing cost? Okay, you should have this as an expense report as a part of your software. And then I want to know how many new customers did we generate in December? Okay, because your ultimate goal here is to have your software say, this is what your customer acquisition cost is. 
When I ask most of my dealers, what's it cost you to get a new customer? Most of my dealers say, well, more than it should. And I go, well, what's the number? And they go, I don't know the number. And I go, well, your software should be able to tell you that. If you have a report, here's how much money we spent in marketing in December, or actually you would do it in November because you're looking at your num November marketing generates your December sales, right? So how many dollars did I spend back here and how many new customers did we generate? Not total customers, new customers. So if I spent $10,000 in November, and I had a hundred new customers come to my dealership, my customer acquisition cost would have been uh, $100 per customer. And if my average customer sale, my average sale by a salesperson is $6,000, and that was a pretty good investment for me. You know, but if I spent $10,000 in November and I had four customers come in, right, my average customer acquisition cost is $2,500 per customer, that's kind of pricey. So again, your software, if you're, if you're putting the information in, and, and in most cases, the information is there. You're just not requiring your software to pull that information out for you. Your software will give you that information. So then we can sit here and say, gosh, my average customer acquisition cost is $2,000, and I did this and this and this. I've got to find a way to lower that, or I've got to find a way to have those customers buy more so that I can do some balancing with that. I would venture to say most of you don't know what your customer acquisition cost is. Uh, you're just throwing marketing money out, crossing your fingers and hoping uh, your software will actually do that for you. And it's, and it's one of the things that you can set there. So when you, whatever you do kind of the month before in marketing is what generates you your new customer sales for the following month. It's kind of like shooting uh, birds. You know, you shoot in front of them, not at them when you're hunting. Uh, and it's the same thing with your software. So that's a report that I would expect to see on a monthly basis. And we'd be talking about that as a manager. You know, do we get new service customers in, new parts customers, new sales customers? customers, how much did we spend in marketing last month, divide that by the number of new customers you have, and it gives you your total customer acquisition cost. And again, it's a simple report uh, that you should be able to get out of your software as you go through and do that. Thank you again to Bob Clements for walking us through what a dealer's business management system should be providing and how those reports can directly drive increased efficiencies and profits. And Bob encourages everyone to take advantage of software training for yourself, your staff, and every new employee you bring on board. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for helping make this Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series possible. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from our experts and from dealers. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for listening. <music>